Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am your host, Tamala Shaw, and today I have Jim Fuller, the honor to have Jim Fuller, who is the author of The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men. Welcome to the show. Wow, Tamala, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm very honored. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for coming. I was so very excited when I saw the name of the book and I, I've seen that you've done TED Talks and, you know, you're, you're here about different communications and um, I am really, really excited to get started. So as I tell everyone, this is your episode. I really, really want you to tell us a little bit about you and then get into the book. First, I, I, I love, tell us where you're from. I love having people yeah, sure. I'm in a small um, coastal town called Belbray. It's about an hour and a half drive from Melbourne in Australia. Mm-hmm. It's a little surfing town. So um, our, our kids, they, I call them kids, but we've got an 18-year-old now, 18-year-old, um, which is when you can get your driver's license here and it's when you can go out and freedom. So we've got an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old who's turning 13 soon. Um, we're a beautiful blended family. Um, I feel very, very blessed very grateful my my relationship is conscious and so loving and so easy and so respectful and everything i i could not dream up a more wonderful relationship it's my um my beautiful woman it's her birthday today oh so happy I'm birthday ce- yeah. <laughs> yeah so i'm celebrating the day that she came earthside um it's the it's to me the the most beautiful celebration day of the year I'm going to reach out to her mum, to her mother later today and wish her happy birthing day um, because I just have so much respect for women. It's crazy how much I respect and honour women. Um, and, and that's why I'm so excited that you want to have a chat with me and have a, a conversation with me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to you from the, the future. You know, it's tomorrow morning. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. And I can let you know that the sun still comes up and everything's still here. So... <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. What a beautiful, I I love that. I love to talk to someone who is currently in a very healthy and beautiful relationship. So congratulations. I'm pretty sure it took some work to get there. Oh, absolutely. It did. Yeah. Thank you so much. And before we go any further, can you please teach me how to pronounce your name? Because I thought it was Tamala, but it's not. It's, it's, you have to stop at the M. It's Tamala. 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 Tamala, like that? What a beautiful name. I've never heard of it. You can call before. me Tamala, whatever. You know, it sounds beautiful whenever you say it, however you say it. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's Tamala. Tamala. Tam, Tamala. Um, yeah, look, it did. It took work to get here. And, and I think the most important piece of the puzzle for me to come to a stage in my life where I can experience a, a truly conscious relationship, the first and most important part was to learn to love myself. 
you know, and I spent most of my life with, with a background subconscious belief that I wasn't good enough, mm. you know, and because I had this belief that I wasn't good enough, I, that, that filtered my life, you know, I attracted evidence to myself and I perceived my existence like I wasn't good enough. So I'd keep getting all this evidence and I would, you know, you attract to you what you're putting out yeah, and I attracted it, all this stuff and I would sabotage things and, you know, mm-hmm. to a certain degree I sabotaged my marriage and that became really toxic and sad. It was really sad and we had to end that and I'm, and I'm glad we had the courage to do that. And it was a conscious uncoupling. We've heard this term, but we did our best um, to do it consciously. And the mother of my children and I, we co-parent week on, week off. So we see each other every Monday. We hand over and we communicate all the stuff that we need to know about sharing the care of our beautiful children. Um, and we're friends. You know, we've we've done a lot of healing. But coming out of that marriage, um, you know, that was around the time of my midlife crisis. I lost my career. I lost my marriage. I lost my house. I'd lost myself. I kept my two boys, um, thankfully, week on, week off. So I had my two children, uh, a surfboard, a guitar, and a whole bunch of debt. And I really had to start all over again in my early 40s. But I think, like I said, the most important place to start was cultivating self-love, radical self-acceptance, you know, that I'm perfectly imperfect I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be and um, that I do deserve happiness and love and once I started to actually believe that that's when my amazing beautiful gorgeous woman showed up in my life and she loves me Tamala she loves me completely you know I'm the luckiest man in the world I really feel like that you know I love that see that's what I'm that's what I mean when people finally figure out what it is that they need to do because they're everyone may have a different journey but the work is is kind of the same depending on how you get there right but once you realize and you do the work on the inside it's amazing how you just get poured with all of this love all of this love will be poured over you and it's because you feel it on the inside so you're really going to accept it Right. Yeah. You're not only going to accept it and then it's going to be a reflection and you're going to give it. And there's that yeah. reciprocity. Right. So that's yeah. how you find this beautiful woman that you can love her like she deserves to be loved because she's loving you like you deserve to be loved because you loved you the way you deserve to be loved. Right. Yeah. That's so well said. Yeah. You put it perfectly. I love that. OK, so mm, you were married, had toxicity. OK, you when you you divorced, yep. You figured out how to co-parent, right? Yes. Um. So I'm pretty sure you're able to even love her differently, and you know, and that is even more beautiful now, right? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh! So you're teaching your children how yep. to love correctly in in a, in a more healthy way. Beautiful. So all of this. When did you decide to write this book? Mm, yeah, I think the book, I decided, I, I always felt that I was going to write books. There'll be more coming. Um, I've always, writing has been my therapy. Um, I've been a singer-songwriter since I was really young. And so whenever I was feeling something and, and I had to process my emotions, whether they were happy or sad or whatever the emotion was, for me to process it, I would write a song. And then I could sing it and, and, and express myself and get it out of 
being internal. So I feel really blessed that I've um, been able to do that, you know. And uh, and so I've always written and I always felt like I would write a book. And then, you know, when I lost my job and started all over again, I started my coaching practice, which is now nine years, been coaching for nine years. And somewhere along the way, I was like, I think I need to write a book to, to reach more people. You know, I'm really, my the fire in my belly, my, my passion, my purpose is to help people. And um, I don't think, I, I don't think that'll ever go out. I think that's what really you know, lights up my life, apart from obviously my, my relationships with my, my partner and children. Yeah, so, so somewhere halfway through the COVID restrictions, which we had really, really heavy restrictions here, especially in Victoria, in Australia. So not all of Australia was locked down like we were, but we were locked down really for two years. You know, to to varying degrees, especially in the city. I think we had the the most strict and the longest lockdowns in the world, I've been told. But somewhere in there, I was locked down at home and I was very lucky to be able to um, take my work online. So I've been really busy coaching online. Um, And I I thought, right, now's the time to write a book. And I, I wondered what I would write about. And, you know, over the years and years of coaching thousands of people, and coaching people in relationships, coaching leaders in organizations, coaching individuals, realizing that a lot of the time we come unstuck in yeah. miscommunication. You yes. know, we trip over in miscommunication. And certainly in my marriage, we both loved each other, but we were missing each other in the communication, which made it hard for us to express our love for each other because we weren't understanding each other, you know. And then in organizations, I watched different departments you know, at loggerheads with each other. And they're both on the same mission. They work for the same organization. They want the same outcomes, but they're missing each other in the communication, you know. And then even more recently, watching the state of play globally and watching groups of people fighting online and cancelling each other and shouting at each other across these digital divides of difference, you know. So you've got one group here who they have a cause and a mission and they've identified with their politic or their religion, or their culture, or their background, and they've identified with this, and they're on a mission to do what they're doing. And then you've got another group over here who believe they're doing the right thing too, and they're just shouting at each other. And I understand they're trying to make the world a better place, but it's not very effective if you're just shouting at each other. We need to communicate more effectively, you know. So I thought, right, I'm going to write about communication. And I engaged a, a book writing mentor. She's a wonderful author here in Australia. And she read my manuscript and she said, I'm loving your book. It's full of stories. And she said, I think you need to pick an audience. You know, you're writing very broadly and you need to pick an audience. And she said, I think men really need this now. And I thought about it and went, I think you're right. You know, I'm very passionate, obviously, as a man who has access to my feminine. I've got easy access to my feminine energy. So I've always been quite emotional and 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 broad thinking and expansive and nurturing and caring and I love single parenting and you know I've I've worked with a lot of women I used to run a woman's retreat in Bali and um, as a man that was a very honorable position to hold where I could hold space for women to come and and explore their vulnerability Um, so I've always had a, a lot of access to that but I know a lot of men don't and and I grew up with a father who was very reasonably dysfunctionally masculine and and he would belittle me for my emotions suck it up don't cry like a girl be a man you know mm-hmm. be strong don't be vulnerable you know all this and so i 
really struggled as a boy. What is it? What, what am I supposed to try and be to be a man? This doesn't feel right to me to, to be dominant or to be aggressive or to be violent or to be non-emotional feels really foreign to me. Right. So I felt like there was something wrong with me, you know, as I was growing up. Yeah. Anyway, that was in the past. So I thought, yeah, you know, I do feel passionately about this for men. And there, there are some men, public figures, especially here in Australia, but I'm guessing in America as well, who are behaving really badly, <laughs> really badly. And oh, they, no, they, no, 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 you no. Know, oh, and it's just I shake my head and I go, what are you doing? You know, so I, I really feel passionately that, um, that the, the stereotypical male that, that we get indoctrinated with as a culture, it needs to change. You know, it's outdated. We've got to evolve as men. We really have to. And I know I'm going on a bit of a rant right now, no, but you got me started. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love it. I love it because you don't hear men talk about how to better the communication with other men, you know? Like, I, I honor that you you're you're in touch with that feminine side of yourself because some men won't even say that there is a feminine side of themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's it's definitely there for every, you know, everyone. So mm-hmm. I honor you for having the courage to say, this is what it is. This is how I felt. It's okay to feel yeah. this way. In yeah. fact, it's more than okay. And I'm going to teach you how to better communicate because of the tools that I was given, because those are God. It's, it's a, it's a gift that God gave you and you are literally coming forward and saying, I'm going to show you and it's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I feel, um, part of my calling as uh, a sensitive man is to, um, to show other men that vulnerability is not a weakness. You know, that actually vulnerability opens up, us up to be um, able to connect more deeply, more authentically, more intimately, yes. not just with women, but with life, you know, and to, to live a more wholesome and, and full life. You know, it's funny. I, when I first started opening up and sharing my deepest secret, you know, um, which I'm happy to share here because I'm hoping that your listeners go, wow. And I'm hoping some men hear this and, and feel that they've been given permission because I know other men suffer this. For years in my marriage, Tamala, I gradually developed severe anxiety around sex and performance to the point where I was dysfunctional. And it was terribly shameful and sad that as a man I couldn't perform, that as a man I couldn't take my woman and and give her what I wanted to give her you know and I was so ashamed of myself I kept this secret torture and I didn't tell anybody obviously my wife knew but she was so embarrassed she didn't tell anyone either so we had this horrible heavy um disability it became a psychological disability for me and I kept it under these thick blankets of shame and I would go out into the outside world and pretend to be happy you know, and I felt like I was the only man who was ever going through this. I thought every other man's got it together. Every other man's a stud and cool and blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I started to, when I had my midlife awakening. I, yeah, I don't think of it as a midlife crisis. I think no, of it, as it a is an awakening. awakening. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So when I had my midlife awakening and I started to share my vulnerability, I started to little bit by little bit tell other men what, what I was going through. And men started coming to me going, oh, my, you too? Wow, I thought I was alone, you know. And there's actually a lot of men who suffer in silence, insecurities and anxieties because they feel like they're not a good enough, strong enough, tough enough, big enough man. Right. You know, it's this secret torture that they're going through. And I think that men then take it out in um, repressed aggression. <laughs> you know, you look at the violence around the world is pretty much all men. Right. You know, that's, and, that's I, and I think very interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. So, and I love that you decided to have this conversation because that is honestly how people come together and try to they they honestly figure out that they have a tribe of people that are going through exactly what they're going through because yeah. someone had the courage to say this is what I'm going through. Then the next person had the courage to say, yeah. me too. And then if the once those two people, oh, you're going to find so many yeah. people. And yeah. then you can heal, right? Yeah, And then the, the partners can get together and say, this is what my partner's going through. And then they can heal. I yeah. love that. Yeah, because we need each other, right? We, we heal in community. Absolutely. We do heal no. in community. I love that. Yeah, and, sure. and it's interesting, you know, once I started talking about it, you know, I've been asked to write articles in magazines around men's mental health. I've been interviewed on podcasts with amazing organisations all around men's mental health and suicide prevention and, you know, all this kind of stuff. There are, I mean, I, I love helping all people. I don't, I don't mind where you come from, what your gender is, what pronoun you want me to call you. I really don't mind. If you want, if you want some help, I'm here to help, you know. Um, <laughs> So it's, it's anybody, but, but in this conversation that you and I are having and in regards to the book, um, there are a lot of men who suffer in silence and end up taking their lives. My. You know. Oh, my. Hmm. That is very interesting. So you speak about this in the book, yes? Yes. That's, yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. And it's, you called it sexual anxiety? Yeah, I put all of my anxieties, all of my... Um, lack of self-belief, I put it all into one place and that was in intimacy, sexual intimacy. Right. That's where I, 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 hit, I pushed it all into one place. If you, nobody at the time would have guessed it, nobody. If you met me back in the years of my marriage, you would think I was confident, you would think I was happy, you would think I was successful, you would look at me and go, wow, he's got the dream life. You know, I had a. I ended up after a, a wonderfully colourful life of um, travelling around the world for many years and doing many different things, from tattooist to fire dancer to kindergarten teacher to lots of different things. And I ended up then with a, a proper job, <laughs> with a with a shirt and tie. And I was a corporate leader, and I was earning a lot of money, and I was flying business class around the world, and we were building a beautiful home. But that was all a facade. Of the outside. You know, from That's the outside. Representative. Yeah. That was like a social yeah, it was like a social media profile, you know. Right. And but in real life. But underneath all of that, I'd pushed all of my self-loathing, all of my I'm not good enough. I don't deserve happiness. I don't believe in myself. I pushed all of that into that one place of sexual intimacy. And that was the most it was really horrible and, and, and so sad and so devastating because as a man, 
you, you identify yeah. that, that that's your strength. Right. Yeah. To be able to, and I say this in inverted commas and I say this with love, to be able to take your woman in that way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do that. So I felt, yeah, it, it was so sad. It really was. I spent many years really sad and pretending to be happy, you know. Oh, um, and so it, it, I really feel that having gone through that, it's really important that I went through that. But I always had a glimmer of hope. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an eternal optimist and I just had this glimmer of hope. I'm like, I can figure this out. I'm sure I can figure this out. And once I realized that I'd been believing I wasn't good enough and I had to repair that first and I went to work on myself and I re-brainwashed myself, literally. I rewired the neurology in my mind to believe that I am enough, that I am good enough and I do deserve happiness. Once that happened, all the healing started to flourish, you know, (laughs) everything. And I lost my job, thankfully, because now I love what I do. And, um, you know, and I lost my home and I got to start all over again with nothing, you know, except my kids. And so now, now it's beautiful. I've attracted, like I said earlier, I've attracted this wonderfully conscious and loving relationship. I'm fully functional, by the way, now again. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. All that work. And I'm sure all of the pressures and one thing, and that's like, you know how you say you love women. I love men. Because men have this, they have so much pressure from the day that they're born, just because they're born men, right? And so much pressure that comes with it. And sometimes those pressures can affect different things that you wouldn't really think, oh my gosh, you might think, you know, it's, I'm I'm broken. (laughs) No, there's just some things that need to be tweaked. Some of these pressures that need to be lifted. Yeah. And then you'll be fine. Right? Yeah, you know, think about our boys, our boys that get born into this culture and they're indoctrinated with this this toxic idea of patriarchy. Right. You know, and those boys didn't choose that. They didn't. They didn't ask for that. Right. You know, I remember this one time, Tamala. We were me and my two boys. We were sitting um, watching sport, watching a football game, and here in Australia, it's it's called AFL, which is Australian Football League, and we were watching the grand final. You know, it's like the, what do you call it in the in the playoffs? The playoffs, right? And it was the final final. It was the two teams to to be the champion of the year, and they played. And the team that won was um, the the underdogs. They hadn't won for thirty seven years, and they won. And one of the one of the men who was you know one of the coaches was crying on the television. And these men sitting behind us watching, they started going, ah, oh, you know, stop crying, you bloody girl, you bloody this, you wimp, and giving him like this. My two boys, they were, I think they were about 14 and 12 at the time. They just turned around and looked at this man and said, what's wrong with men crying? Thank you. You know, 100%. And they just shut this man down. This man went, oh. <laughs> No. The guy's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were seriously like, what's wrong with men crying? You know, I mean, I remember one time um, my youngest boy and I, we'd been to the shrine. My brother died when he was 30, 12 years ago. And um, we have a, a special place on top of the cliff looking out over the ocean where we've built a shrine for him. And we go every anniversary, we go and remember him. And we were leaving there one year and I was crying. And my son was holding my hand. I think at the time he was only five or six years old. And he looked up at me and he said, Dad, I understand why tears are a good thing. I said, why is that? 
And he said to me, because they're taking the hard emotion from inside of you and they're taking it out so you can let go of that hard emotion. That's so perfect. Yeah. That's so perfect. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, oh, how beautiful. I know that. I know you were so proud. Oh, you were so proud. I'm proud. So proud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So So proud. Yes. That's so good. You know, tears... Even even for women, um, we grew up with you're you're not supposed to cry, you know, um, you're not supposed to be vulnerable. And I used to come home, you know, I, I, I uh, during my day job, I am an operations manager. So being codependent, I used to place all types of things on top of myself. I take everybody's burden, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So once you can only hold so much. So one thing I did always give myself permission to do was cry. And I have two boys and I would come home and I would say, okay, mommy's going to go upstairs and purge. There's nothing wrong. I'm only crying to let go. You know, I have to be able to release. It's okay. So they grew up knowing just because you're crying doesn't mean that things are devastating. You know, it doesn't mean that it, it sometimes it's just releasing. So I started to say, you know, tears are, it's just, it waters the soul. I'm watering yeah. my soul right now. Yeah. And, it, yeah, and it's just going to grow from here. Right. Yeah. I, so love that. I love that. I love that you taught them that, yes, there is absolutely nothing. And in fact, sometimes it's a celebration, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. those tears, it's a, it's not always sad. You know, I love yeah. that. Kudos to you. Oh, thank you so much. Look, I I hope, I really hope that I'm parenting my boys very differently to the way my father parented me. And, you know, I'm passionate about evolution. I'm passionate about us looking for ways to improve, you know. The broken record thing, repeating the same stuff, the same dysfunctional stuff that doesn't work, it's... um, I I really want to do my best to not do that. And I know the stuff that I repeat. I know the stuff... Um, there's parts of my father that I am 100%. But there's also, um, yeah, I just hope that we improve, you know. And so in the book, there's there's strategies and, and some practices that I share for men to give them the tools that they need to to expand into their potential, you know, to really be, to, to, to expand into what they can become. You know, we don't need violence. We don't need violence anymore. I really believe we don't need it. I I truly believe that humanity would be better off if we found ways to to coexist with no violence. Absolutely. 100% agree. 100%. So I know you talk about mindfulness meditation. Do you talk about that in the book? Yes, I do. Yeah. Can you tell us a little yeah, bit about it? Yeah. Um, so mindfulness meditation, it's been such a massive, it's been game changing for me. It really has. You know, and for those people who aren't quite sure what I'm talking about, mindfulness really quite simply is an attention to the present moment. Just an attention to the present moment. So just noticing what you can notice in this moment with as little attachment as possible, with as little judgment as possible. So, and anything that you can notice in this moment can be an object of your attention. You can notice your breath. You can notice your heartbeat. You can notice anything, any sounds that you can hear. 
you can notice your thoughts even, you know, this constant stream of bubbling thoughts that are continually there. You can even notice them. And what happens as you, uh, as you practice this, it's like a mind training, yeah? And as you practice this mind training, the ability to step outside of the experience and just notice it without judging it means that you can free yourself from identifying with the thought or identifying with the emotion or identifying with the pain that you're experiencing or the suffering that you're experiencing or the joy that you're experiencing with anything that you're experiencing, that you can actually train yourself to step outside of it and just notice it. And when you notice it without trying to change it, it doesn't have a hold on you. Yes. So, for, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I want, I just, oh, that was good. Without trying to change it. No, not trying to change it, just noticing it. In, so, it actually allowing it to be. Right. You know, allowing mm -hmm. it. it. It's the same with grief, you know, when, when, when I'm grieving my brother or my father who've both passed or my best friend who passed as well, when I'm experiencing grief, to be able to observe that and allow it, it, it actually allows the grief to flow through me. And that's where the healing is. That's what healing is, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and then so the application of mindfulness and meditation, um, which is if you're practicing mindfulness meditation, it's just dedicating time to sit and notice. And you get distracted and then you notice and then you get distracted and then you come back to noticing. But it develops the ability to um, to short circuit sometimes dysfunctional emotions. So when you're just say something triggers you and you feel angry and maybe the anger served a purpose in the moment, like you had to protect your child or something like that, where anger is functional. But then the moment passes and you're still angry and you're thinking, oh, I wish I didn't feel angry anymore. With this ability to step outside of it and notice yeah. it, it dissipates really quickly. So you can come back to your equanimity. You can come back to your place of calm, clarity and, and center really wow. easily. You know, and for me, this is like a superpower. You know, if, you're in a, if we bring it back to communication, if you're in communication with someone and you both start to get a bit head up, like it gets a bit heated, your ability to be able to remove yourself from your emotional racket and calm yourself and be present for the other person. Not switch off. Not switch off and just go, yeah, yeah, baby, whatever you want. No, not switch off. Not walk away and go, I just need to give you some space. No, 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 no. To calm yourself and lean in to her or him and be even more present for them. Yes. You know, because you're not angry anymore. Yes. So I think that's a bit of a superpower. It is. It is, and it would allow things to... The communication would be so much higher yeah. if people could do that. Um, I think with social media <laughs> and, and the phones and all of that, I was at a concert once and, you know, now everyone has their phone out during concerts. And the, the vocalist said, can you guys do me a favor? Even if it's just for this one song, will you please put your phones down and be here uh -huh. with me? Oh, beautiful. How wonderful was it that she allowed, she gave herself permission yeah. to ask for, for the audience that paid to be there to watch yeah. her sing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, can you just be in the room with me for a moment? That's and so see, beautiful. You are a speaker, so you understand how powerful that is. 
Yeah. Right? yeah. I've that stood is. in a room and it's the energy that keeps you going, right? But if yeah. your energy is here, you know, yeah. then you're, you're, you're not really receiving it. You know, yeah. energy is all around us. So yeah. she was asking, give it to me for a moment. Just this one song. If you uh-huh. want to record after this, go for it. But give me this one song. Just be present. That's so being beautiful. present is wonderful. Yeah. And she was, was she good. was actually also giving them the gift of being present as well. You know, reminding totally them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You were to look at something and I and I anybody that's in the audience, if if you've done this at, at some point in time, and if you do it again, when you're at a concert, I want you to look at the look at the, the artist or the stage through the phone. And when you look at it in real life, it looks completely different. Yeah. Yep. It looks complete. You think that you're you're videoing the same thing. No, you're missing the experience. You're yeah. really missing it. Because I, I went yeah. to a I went to a concert in February, and I said because I remembered what she said, and I said, "Oh, let me look." And so I and I was like, "Oh, so I don't even record anymore." I was one of those. I want to look yeah. at it later and get the experience. Yeah. No, you're missing no. the experience. missing the experience. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. There's a so, there's yes. a wonderful book um, out at the moment called. Uh, Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. He's a, he's a wonderful author. And Stolen Focus, and it's talking about exactly this. And he shares this story where he took his nephew, he's from England, and he took his nephew to Graceland. And they were walking through Elvis's ha- home, house. And you can get this, this app um, on your phone where it's a virtual virtual room. And he was standing in one of the rooms and he was next to this, these tourists and they were looking at their phones and they were looking at the room on the app on their phone and they're going, look, when you turn your phone this way, it turns to that side of the room. And he said to them, you can just see it live. It's right there. Just turn your head. <laughs> You're in the actual room. <laughs> just look at it. It's right there. <laughs> and we they so miss the him. experience. We miss so right. many experiences. Yeah. <laughs> I just turn yeah. your head. You get the same thing, I promise. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that crazy. is wonderful. That's wonderful. That's crazy. So, I have to ask. So I know that um, that you 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 know how important communication is, and you use the word conscious communication a lot. Yeah. So I just want the audience to understand what you mean when you say conscious communication. Yeah, sure. So conscious meaning just being more aware. The more conscious we are, the more aware we are. So when you're more aware in the communication and serving the communication itself, communication comes from the Latin word communicatio, which means a sharing, not a telling. (laughs) Telling someone something is not communication. Communication's got to be two ways, right? It's a sharing. And the Latin verb communicare, which means to make common. So if you and I are communicating, we're, we're making something common between us. We're connecting, right? And so conscious communication is being aware of that, being aware of the other person, seeking to understand, being aware of the purpose of the communication. What is the purpose of this communication right now? Is my partner um, you know, frustrated with me and, and saying horrible things to me because they want me to feel because they want to hurt me. Is that really the purpose of this communication right now? It's probably not. They're probably wanting to express themselves and to to feel understood. Why? Because they probably love me and they want me to love them and they want us to be on a higher plane of love and connection together. 
and they want me to, they want to feel understood right now. That's the purpose of this moment, not because they're trying to be horrible to me, you know? So we need to be more, the more conscious we are, the more aware we can be of the communication itself, the better we can serve, you know, the better, serve the greater good, I I think. And I, I, I don't know about you, Tamala, but I believe that most humans really want to do some good in the world. I would hope so. I would hope so. Yes. I really do believe that. I I, I don't think that people wake up in the morning going, how can I go and hurt people? They wake up in the morning going, I'm going to do my best, right? Right. We just get in our own way because we're fearful and we're defensive of our sense of identity and we kind of, we just get in our own way. But, you know, it comes back to the start of our conversation when you can truly love yourself and when you come to a place of, radical self-acceptance then you can get out of your own way and then you can do what you were born to do which is go and serve and and somehow make life better in some way i just want to breathe in that for a moment yes it's about serving and if you can you know I, i i know that people have fear anxiety they have you know like you said we sabotage right I have so many thoughts in my head right now this is so very this is so wonderful because conscious communication it if we really think if we're conscious (laughs) it really it will change our communication totally like you said most people they speak at people right They're, they're talking at someone and rather than with someone. If you can think about what the other person, and like you said, what is the reason for the conversation? Are you trying to be heard? Oh, this is so good. Yeah. I want everyone to go out and get your book. I'd really hope that they do, you know, um, and they can get it through. I'm so passionate about this book. And Tamala, I, I'm feeling really um, confident now to say to people, please get the book and read it because I'm now getting feedback. It got released in November and I'm getting emails from people now saying, wow, thank you so much. Your book is changing my marriage or changing my leadership role or changing my life from from women and men who are reading the book. Um, so I feel confident now to... Um, keep spreading the word so to speak because I know it's helping people um, so yes please you can get it from my website gemfuller.com or you can get it from Amazon or you can get it from Booktopia or wherever you want to get it and we've just finished recording the audio book um, that's the post-production is almost complete and so it'll be on audible hopefully within the next month as well oh that's fantastic uh, as I say I have a day job so I listen to books while I work right so yeah. I'll, well, you'll I'll, have to put up. You'll have to put up with the sound of my voice because I narrated my own book. So I hope that's okay. You'll have the Australian accent. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So the book is called "The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men," and I yeah. want the women out there to understand that we also need it. This is not yeah. just for men. I I, yeah. I honor that you put this out there for the men, but women. We need to go out here and read it as well. <laughs> and then yeah. we can buy one for us and for me. You know, get it yeah, for your beautiful. uncles and your, your mates and all. Yes, let's get this book out here so we can have some conscious communication. I 
think that's fantastic. Uh, I also want them to know that you did a TED talk, right? Can you, um, can you tell us a little bit about that and where they can find it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, you can go and watch that as soon as you finish listening to this. Uh, right. It's a TEDx TEDx talk. Uh, it's on if you just go to YouTube and type in my name, Jem Fuller. I'm pretty sure and that's J E M. Everyone, yeah, J E M Fuller. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's right. And so you can go and watch that. And and I I think it's a, a an idea worth um, sharing. You know, I, I I really I love humanity, and I also. I, I, it's quite sad sometimes when you see what a lot of humanity is doing, but I think that mainstream media really puts in front of us all the terrible stuff, but there is so much good stuff that we do. There's so many beautiful people like you, Tamala, who are doing good work, lots of us. And I think we need to focus on the good people that are doing good work, you know, and the positive stories, because what you focus on is what shows up more. So, yeah, I'm on a mission to keep meeting wonderful people like you and keep connecting and having conversations like this so we can make the world a better place. I love that. And I love the, what you just said. I normally say what you focus on is what will grow. So it's yes, very awesome. Yes, yeah, that's so true. So it is Jim Fuller. Is it dot .com? Yep, just so dot .com. So everyone, it's www dot j-e-m-f-u-l-l-e-r dot com yep. please go out and get the book watch the tedx talk and where if someone wants to contact you for coaching where can yeah. they do can, can they get that at jimfuller.com as well yep yep you can contact me through the website if you want to follow me i upload a lot of helpful content on insta and linkedin uh, and Facebook, you know, all the normal platforms. You can find me on there, just Jem Fuller. But yeah, you can reach out through the website. We're building a community of leaders. If any of you are leaders, uh, I'm building a community of leaders focused on leadership communication, conscious communication for leaders. So please reach out to me, send me a message, and I'll give you the link for that, and you can join our community. Fantastic. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being so open vulnerable, you know, mm, everything that I needed today. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> That's good. Thank you so much for having me on. I I really appreciate it. And if you ever want to have me back, I could talk with you for hours. It's so easy, Tamala. And, um, you know, I, I do have to go now because I've got another one. You got um, a birthday. Oh, I got oh a you, birthday. you got another one before the birthday, before you two celebrate. More, two more podcasts. Oh, and my then I gosh. Can, yeah, but I've already, I, I, I woke her up this morning with a head massage and a foot massage and a cup of tea in bed and a card and flowers. So I, I started her day off really beautifully and she's um, teaching this morning and, and then uh, this afternoon I'll take her out for lunch and then tonight I'll take her out for dinner. So. Fantastic. Well, I will let you go so that yep. you can go and be wonderful for other platforms as well. But I want to let the audience know, don't forget you matter and your story matters and we will talk to you guys soon thanks so much bye thank you bye i understand that nothing is more valuable than your time so thank you for listening be sure to join our facebook group codependent me and check out my website at codependentme.org thanks so much have a great day